this has been a really beautiful connection. And I just feel your human spirit. I thank you for that today because I needed that. So you've sort of taken me out of my spreadsheets and, and my Slack channels and just like plugged me into a, a very human conversation and which always reminds me of getting me back into the work. So I thank you for that. Now is the time. You're invited to join us, a movement of leaders who are willing to step into a new approach to leadership across the global landscape. This is as simple as humanity being just you and I, and stakeholders being the value you place on each decision to add or take away from humanity going forward. Hold a minute. Stay with us. We know people like you want to play at a different scale, and these conversations help create the opportunity for you to take this up a notch, or two, or a whole lot more. With a curiosity, let's dig deeper, behind the scenes to see the why, the what, the where, the who, and the when, from other smart humans who make smart decisions and innovate smart, sustainable solutions to narrow the gap from problem to solution. Learn in today's conversation how you can begin to do this. Come, join us. Oh, thank you, Claudia, for being here. I am literally so excited, as I said to you just before, just to have a conversation with you today and on on the Global Human Intelligence Podcast, where literally it's just a safe place to have a conversation, to learn more about what you think, what you're doing, what you're seeing, And, uh, you know, I've got a few little questions because I've watched you over the years. I had the privilege of coming and being a part of your uh, She Summit quite a few years ago now. And you you made a mark on my, my thinking on the strength that you have as a woman leader and just your willingness to go to places that, I think all of us need to be able to and to be willing to go. So thank you for being here. Thank you for your spirit and just reaching out and connecting and sharing that with me. So you're making my day. (laughs) I love that. Hey, let's have a conversation around, let's just go straight into things. Um, Culture, innovation. Let's go there. Let's go deep fast. What does that mean to you? Like, I love culture. I think we have a lot of things that we're doing today that make decisions around culture. And I love the connection of innovation in there as well. Yeah. So I I think my greatest love first is just the love of of humanity and for Mm. humanity and just human beings. I really think that we're in a human humanity movement and we all you know humans live in culture right and we have cultures at home in our families there are cultures in our in our work teams and our organizations where we work uh there are cultures within our community where we live so you know culture to me is critical uh how do we innovate culture and i really i choose the term culture innovation <clears throat> over culture change, because typically culture is created by dominant groups, right? And so when you're like culture change, then many people feel it's almost a uh, a, 
an approach that could create resistance. And so innovation, like how do we innovate culture and make culture better so people within culture can thrive more? That's really the work that I love doing. And culture innovation is driven by self-development. Mm. And, and I say courageous self-development because self-development yeah. takes courage. And so that's the mission. If you go to ClaudiaChan.com, my website, you know, the, the mission, the work I do is, is awaken and coach leaders and people and organizations uh, to make their highest impact on the workplace, on the world through that self-development. Yeah. And culture innovation. So it's a it's a mouthful, but it all it all connects because we transform culture through the transformation of people. Oh, so many droplets of wisdom there. I love it. Here's the thing, and I find this fascinating is that it's almost like you know, when you start talking about a big topic, and I think that's part of having human intelligence, smart humans, having the ability to use the data that comes in and then going, what am I going to, how am I going to use that data and what am I going to use that for? And then being able to actually action that. So I think what is interesting is when you start bringing in these new bigger topics that I think, by the way, all of us need to be able to uh, put on our places, whether it's at the home, whether it's at the workplace, whether it's in leadership, whatever it is. Uh, but, but the thing about that is this, that I think that when we bring these new topics, when it becomes this mouthful, it's because it's not something that maybe we've done before or we've done it that way or that it's maybe something that is, new, a concept that is hard for people to, to grasp onto. And I know in the work that I do within leadership and across the globe that some of this thinking is so needed. I talk about the old approach and the new approach, that I think we've done leadership very much in the old approach and it, there is a need for a new approach. And part of that, I believe, is like culture innovation. So we're having, we're starting to have conversations. We're starting to, uh, you know, maybe even give a space at the table for these conversations. But I think one of the tricky pieces of this is that they are new concepts. They are new thinking that is hard for someone. And you talk about change versus, you know, the space for innovation. I so get that. And what is difficult is if you think of change, many humans find that difficult, let alone being able to have a space that's safe for us to now innovate in. And then that innovation being something new, oh, my goodness, that's a whole different ballgame again. So how do we bridge that gap between what has been the old approach to maybe some of this new approach? Right. Well, you know, I say on my Claudia Chan site, which is almost like a manifesto because I had to, I've been doing this work for so many years and, and launching this website and updating it last year was almost mm -hmm. forcing the update, the manifesto or, you know, the, where we all should be thinking, which is that, you know, all of our culture systems, again, family, workplace, community have never been set up for all people, yeah. all humans to experience equity to thrive, to be impactful, right? And so the systems have been like, when you talk about systemic problems or 
systemic change. We have to rebuild. There's holes in our system, you know? So we, we, we like in COVID, I believe has allowed us to sort of, you know, in a way it almost broke everything apart. It's almost like a reckoning to now, okay, what needs to be rebuilt and what needs healthier foundations. And, you know, when you have a relationship with somebody and whether it's a spouse or like a family member and you're always arguing about the same thing, you know, you're always going to have that moment (laughs) over and over again. And it's because basically you're not addressing the foundation and the root of the problem. And so you almost need to get into like a safe space and say, okay, if we actually, what, why do we keep on like hitting the same complex over and over again? And And so you identify, you know, well, I feel this way and that other party feels that way. And, and, and you realize that you need to almost lay new rules and a new, new foundation for that relationship to be more successful Mm -hmm. and it's healing from the root. And really that's where, you know, we need to look at the root of our foundations at home in, in work. And again, across all these various areas, the spaces that we live and work in, right? So that it's actually set up for us to thrive so that it's, and and I would say equity should be the baseline. Mm -hmm. Like everybody should have an equal, the same opportunity and same access. Yeah. Right. Uh, And thriving should be our goal. So we've got a lot of work to do in our, in our culture. And I, I, uh, I believe. That's an understatement right there. (laughs) Yeah. And that's, and that's, that's the thing is that, you know, just like an individual has to do that personal growth work and that healing work and the understanding okay, this is my trauma. And this is my, these are my core limiting thoughts and beliefs. And this is the barrier that I keep on going up against. And to do that self-reflection work and understand where that comes from, have empathy and compassion for yourself to then give yourself the space to actually and find the right resources around you to do that healing work and that reflection work that's really the work that we all need to be doing. Yeah. And, uh, and it starts with us and getting whole ourselves. Mm -hmm. So, and you can't, you can't solve what you can't talk about. Yeah. So we need to, and so you asked, you asked, how do we bridge those gaps between the old way versus the new way? And a, we just need to have the awareness that, certain things just aren't working and not set up well. And we need to like take the time to actually look at this and do the work so that we can be building on a more solid foundation. Yeah, I I agree a hundred percent. And I agree in a hundred percent. And I question how we, how we do that. In what way do we do that? Because here's the thing. Yes, now that we have an awareness, that's why we've got to have more conversations is so that we do create awareness. Having an awareness allows us to have the option to take ownership. But I think there's a massive gap between ownership of now that we're aware that maybe we need to do it differently to actually putting that in place. Because here's the thing, it's uncomfortable sometimes when you invite, and I don't say diversity, I say different distinctions to the table. Uh, I, I think of it as humans first and that we have these distinctions that are the added value that we bring to the table. And I think what is uncomfortable is when you are inviting different distinctions to the table, it changes the conversation we're used to. 
It changes how we've done it before, and that's uncomfortable. So how do we go from uncomfortable to going, hey, it might even be okay. In fact, I think it is absolutely okay to disagree at the table, but we have to come to something that's going to keep shifting the dial forward. And I think that's the tricky piece right now because it's not necessarily been role modelled at the table before. Any thoughts? Yeah, well, I think that there's a chapter in my book, This Is How We Rise, Mm. at the end that's all roads lead to character. And I think this Mm. is, I think it's the to do the culture change work, right? It's, and there are, and you do need to address the dominant groups in leadership. And I think that when I create human spaces through my coaching and trainings and through my programs, I, I don't really go there like, oh, let's like, let's all share all of our distinctions and differences, right? And just sort of put everybody in this, in this, because uh, oftentimes this work can put people in defensive postures. Ooh, I really go to yes. a place of, there's a quote that I lead a lot of my work, my trainings in, which is your schedule is less about what you get done and more about who you want to become. And I think that I go to your character and your identity and your purpose, you know, as an individual, it's like, I get, I get, if I'm in the room with many white men, (laughs) you know, who are running and leading (laughs) and trying to figure out, okay, you know, because that, again, that culture innovation, that culture, new commitment and how you're going to like that precedes that comes before Mm. the diversity, equity, inclusion work. Cause that's got it. Like, it's almost like the character has to foundationally be there. And that is, are you, are you leading from listening? Are you seeking to understand first? Do you have like, are you leading with empathy? Right. Or is it, you know, this is, this has been the way and there's not that flexibility. And so that that massive curiosity and wait a second, you know, like how do I how do I take a more humbled posture and and really think about okay, who do I what kind of leader do I want to be? Yeah. And what's the highest potential of this organization? And I and I have this huge body of employees that have are so diverse and represent, you know, do I want to create space to really hear? There and there, are, and like create space for them to even have permission to bring their things to the table. So, yeah. So all roads lead to character. So I sort of tackle the character and identity piece of the leadership work to 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 drive then to create the roadmap for that and that buy-in for the culture change. I love that. You know what's interesting about that is that I think it goes back to what you originally said around the root of the root of it. And I just thought about. Uh, you know, if we look at the character and we look at conversations and one of the characters being, like you said, if we go there, a def- it creates defensiveness at the table. And I go, what is the root of defence being in, you know, being defensive? Like, what do you think that is? How can we even tackle that piece? Because I think here's the here's the thing, I think, that we have to be able to have these conversations. I think, I think we have to be able to go wherever the conversation needs because if we only turn up and we only say the things that everyone else is wanting to hear, then I'm not turning up to be 100% me. I'm turning up 
half dialed in, maybe leaving some of actually what is my genius zone, even if it's really different to what people are used to at the table. So how can we create spaces that are safe, that maybe we have more of the even difficult conversations? Because I think this is really important, especially if we are going to be, you know, more equal at the table and uh, bring more distinctions to the table. Any thoughts around that? Yeah, I think that it's really comes down to, you know, behaviors are driven by feelings, feelings are driven by beliefs and thoughts Mm. and, you know, thoughts and belief systems are created based on somebody's upbringing, right. And somebody's story. And I think there's a, there's a great quote that, uh, that I read the other day. That's like, you know, a a real apology is changed behavior. (laughs) And, and, and then I was thinking about, and, you know, again, it's behaviors, right. Um, and belief systems that create these cultures. And so, you know, I think the first, I think for whether or not you're the person in the dominant group and you're that leader, whether or not you're the, you know, employee or the individual, I think everybody needs to have empathy for for each other. Hmm. And, and like, that's what I love doing in my, in my, in my coaching work. And, and as I design what I call how we rise retreats at organizations is really, how do you, how do you design a space where people come together, right? And um, where the where the space feels safe, and and you start with inspiration, not you know attack, right? Yeah. And again, you're rooting them into this higher higher vision, elevating their vision for for the highest of what they could, you know, not only create but but uh, impact, and at the mm-hmm. same time elevate how they see themselves, but how they see others. You know, we need to start from a place of inspiration and. And, and just hope, you know, and uh, an empowerment, you know, versus again, that defensive posture. But I, I do think empathy and I think everybody coming to the table and I think whether it's bottom up or top down, it's important that we understand everybody has belief systems and narratives in mm-hmm. their mind that comes from their conditioning. Uh, and we need to be understanding that there could be resistance to start, right? And it's like, and, and I think that if we look at men and, and the and the men's movement, and I talk a lot about this in my book, and I've done, you know, I've had over 800 speakers on my She Summit stage, I think, wow. <laughs> over the last 10 years. And I've had a lot of men and I've, I've worked in spaces of men and, you know, even being married to a Southern, you know, a guy from <laughs> Georgia, right? And, yeah. and just, all, and I'm, I'm in spaces of like working parents to, you know, like through my, my kids are five and six. And so, you know, the journey of parenthood and working parenthood and stay-at-home parents and, and sort of seeing what people are struggling with there to, you know, my church groups of like, that have millennials and Gen Z in them or older generation and sharing those stories or whether it's being in the corporate spaces, right. Or the entrepreneurial spaces. And I think that, you know, for so long men, you know, were really raised, to not show vulnerability, right? And they have their own internal internal safety, survival, success frameworks and systems that keep them structured and in and in control yeah. to basically yeah. continue to provide, to continue to achieve those 
those, you know, marks for success and validation and affirmation. And so they have their own set of stuff, right? Um, and so, and yeah, and they, and they have, they've been, you know, the patriarchy has, you know, men have a power and they, and that they might not even be aware that they, they've been privileged with, with more power and privilege just by being male, you know? Yeah. And so a lot of this just takes, we just need to have empathy on both sides in order to create the space to be understanding for all so that we can actually define and create the best way forward. Yeah, I love that. And I think what is interesting about what you're saying is, you know, when you have this awareness, like whether it's with the males, whether it's with the parents at school, whether it's in the workplace, about that is about listening, seeing, understanding, and becoming aware of your environment, the decisions you're making, the impact that you're having, the character that you are, all those things. And I, you know, it, it brings a lot of what I'm writing about at the moment, which is a book called Humanity as Stakeholders. And I'm saying humanity, meaning you and I, stakeholders, the measure of value. And I believe that if every one of us use the lens of humanity as stakeholders, in other words, when we make a decision at the table, we make a decision through that lens where it adds value to the human race going forward, not take away from. And I think this brings hope to the future of leadership, hope to the future of humanity, really, the human race. Because imagine if everyone look through the lens of humanity as stakeholders. And every time we're making a decision, we were adding value at the table. Do you think that could take change culture? You know, like, I think it would. But here's the thing. Yeah, that that's I, that's yeah. very much in alignment with uh, the whole life leadership framework, which is mm. really this, the curriculum that came out of the book. And it's guided, it's a framework guided by purpose, inclusion, and whole life well-being. And the idea mm -hmm. is that within every within every person, right, there is, as you mentioned earlier, genius. Like we're all, yeah. we all want to align our work time yeah. with our impact, with purpose and our and our skills and talents. If we're going to serve our skills and talents, we want that to um, we want to do our genius and, and, and make sure that it's meaningful. And so I think that what you, what we impact with our skills and talents, mm. so that's the purpose piece. And then inclusion is really behavior, but like, and then if we're actually how we behave, which models, which impacts what we model, right. Behavior is modeling something, modeling, like, you know, we raise kids, like what we model will shape their character, you know, I've and noticed. So, right. So, <laughs> so the idea is, you know, so elevating what we impact, how mm. we show up and behave, but can we do that in a way where we also thrive on a yeah. whole life level? And that's, we've never really been in a society where that can exist before. Mm -hmm. Right. So usually you have yeah, you know, my buck, my purpose bucket's really high. I run this nonprofit and I'm on, I'm starting my own business and I'm like just oh my god, my I'm just doing my purpose. I'm so clear on that. But then yeah. I'm like struggling financially or you know, I'm like yes. not taking care to take care of my health and you know, or it's, you know, I am, you know, I've got like I'm thriving peace, but I have no idea what my, you know, 
my work and my purpose piece is like I'm missing on that front. So the whole life leadership framework is really about getting whole and unleashing the whole potential that's within us. And that's what I love about your work, because, uh, you know, when I talk about humanity as stakeholders, I'm believing that, you know, the old approach was we looked at maybe just our how. Maybe we just focused in on our professional life. Maybe we just looked at ourselves in how we turn up in our personal life. But I love the wholeness of what you talk about. And I think that is the key to human intelligence is when we are able to not build out old approach, say a business in the business world, but to build out an ecosystem, a smart, sustainable growth ecosystem. And what I mean by that is, is guess what? When we're being healthy, when we focus in on that, that helps us to turn up really well in our personal and professional life. If we are turning up and we are being less effective with our time in our workplace, it's going to have an effect on our personal relationships, how we are when we turn up. If we're a mama, I'm a mama of six kids and, uh, you know, I've got three grandbabies. I'm not going to have any energy left if I give it all into the workspace, right? So, like you said, we haven't focused in on that, yet it is so important. And for us to have the biggest impact here on earth, we have to put this as a non-negotiable, all of these things as non-negotiables. How do we do that and put emphasis on that in the way that we're building out culture, say, in the workplace? Because I think there has been indicators when our bottom dollar is not looking healthy, when we're not getting enough sales at the table. We've put indicators to show when, you know, our team hasn't been turning up at the right times or whatever it is. But we're not putting indicators in our culture that we're building out in our workplace to whether or not you're being healthy and whether that's going to, because we know that the effect of you not being healthy is meaning that you're not going to be as productivity, you know, like um, be able to produce the growth that maybe we want. So how do, we, how do we now put some indicators into, into places maybe we have not had in the past, but it becomes then a, a priority and a focus as well? Yeah, so um, in the whole life leadership framework, I, it's, it's really about treating your whole life as the organization you're leading. And mm. I, I break it down into four core pillars of your life, but it's a recalibration of how we lead. And the first, the first leadership department is more health oriented, which is emotional health, physical health, and financial health. And because we weren't taught that, right? We weren't taught that, you know, as, you know, even if you think about our education system, which also needs innovation, clearly, at least in the, in the U.S. I, I don't agree. Know I agree. All over I mean, just how we're, you know, and then, and, and again, I would say you know, it's families. It's also the family culture, right? What are parents yeah. teaching their kids and modeling in front of their kids? Uh, and then there's, there's the education that they go through to then, of course, go out into the real world. And I mean, and today, I mean, come on, it's every family is, in, it's a pressure cooker. Mm. You know, like, yeah, I just know that between, I mean, again, I'm, you know, a working parent with two kiddos, but just seeing, you know, the pressure that we put on ourselves with mm. like, 
extracurricular activities to the perfect Christmas and having the Christmas cards and the perfect birthday party for your, you know, it's just, it's, and it, not to mention so much of that labor goes onto the female. So I would say it's more about you than it is actually about your kids, you know, in terms yeah. of like, you know, what are we trying to like, what are we proving here? And a slight disruption to the conversation. I have a question for you. Are you even a little curious to see how you can use your platform to change the conversation? To maybe design solution pathways where you have certainty and afford movement? Or truly, do you want to increase your economic and cultural impact? Awesome human, if you want to lead, to pioneer a new approach, to role model what is possible and to leave sustainable footprints for the generations to come, then I would love for you to reach out to me and the team to see if we're the right fit to make this a reality for you. And if we're not, no hard feelings, as I know many awesome humans who may be the right one. Okay, I've included three ways in the show notes where you can begin a pathway with us on a journey to your next level. One, a strategy analysis. Two, the next growth incubator cycle, three, a potential investment partnership. As founder and CEO of Decision Velocity Global, I'm all about building a sustainable, scalable growth ecosystem where humanity like you are stakeholders to design cutting edge solution pathways and to narrow the gap from problem to solution. I want you to come on this journey with me and others and not to be left behind. There is a seat at the table for you. Okay, let's get back to the conversation. Um, Anyway, so, but the First Life Department is really health related. So it's mental health, Mm -hmm. physical health, and financial health. Because again, you have to be, you got to get healthy mentally, physically, financially, so that you can show up Right. And, and really be, uh, and serve all these other roles that we have, whether it's parents, wives, spouses, partners, team, colleague, manager, business owner, leader, you know, to how am I showing up in, you know, in my local community and, you know, the, the, the organizations I care about. And so, you know, family is the second leadership department. And so for me, and by the way, mental health for me is also spiritual health. I'm a Christian, so I spend a lot of time with God. Me too. And, so, and, and the other thing too is to remember, you can't give what you can't have. Mm, if so you're true. empty, if you're empty, you're just not going to give a lot, right? Um, and so that's why it's just so important. And I would say we, we constantly like empty out our buckets by mm. serving again, like for me, it's wife, mom you know, friend, leader, like, you know, clients, like just my community, my neighbor, like all of that. Um, But I'm not going to be able to give you much of me if I'm empty. So, but but after I give you right after I serve and I spend my week and my days serving and giving and showing up, I'm empty again. So then I got to refill again. Right. And so what are those little things that you can do throughout the day? You know, I talk a lot about mental health and mindfulness tools and 
Um, so, but I have a whole in, in the She Summit, we just actually announced the She Summit on SheSummit.com, our core, ten, it's 10 year, our 10 year anniversary. And so it's okay. now that she said whole life leadership um, certificate and coaching program. And so it's it'll start in April um, 8th of uh, the next cohort. And but it really just takes you through the modules of uh, of redefining, you know, this new definition of leadership and then yeah. this new framework. But there are ways to sort of take the space again. Who do you want to become? What is the whole what is your whole life purpose? How do you see, you know, I'm 46 years old. And so I, the way that I have reframed it is if I get to live to 90, I have 44 years left of my life yeah. to really step into the highest version of what I want to become, right? As opposed to, oh my gosh, I'm almost 50 and da, da, da. <laughs> like, you know, I like really that because I'm about to turn 50. So right to take all the wisdom <laughs> of your first half of life and be like, wait, yeah. now how do I discover and design, which is our tagline, like the highest vision for your whole self, right? Like, what do you want your daily quality of experience to be like and and feel like? And, you know, what are, and, and I think for so many, like we're just in survival mode that we're not even dreaming anymore, right? We're not even like thinking, we're thinking like minimal viable possibility versus like what's the highest vision and let that pull you towards, you know, the innovation and change versus like, let's operate from this place of negativity and, you know, and, and all of that. So anyway, so like there's a whole, you know, we talked about, again, leadership was designed in a patriarchy. It was designed by a dominant yeah. group or dominant yeah. group. It was, I mean, 33 plus million, they say people have left or like made job changes since COVID hit the great resignation. And there's never been a better time. I think and the reason why people are leaving and moving and making all these life transitions is because they are thinking about what matters the most. So yeah. there's never like the movement now is, yeah, it's about race. It's about gender. It's about social impact. It's about humanity, but it's really about you. It's it's yeah. stepping into your wholeness. The movement, your movement now is, is really discovering and designing and owning your truth and getting whole. And if we can, you know, what is, what is the work that we need to do? So we are a hundred percent. Yeah. And that is the, you know, that is really what's at stake, right? Um, and not and to no longer conform to systems, but to meet systems halfway, yeah. you know, it's, um, yeah. I, you know, you say some so many beautiful things there. One of the things that I think is interesting, because you go, it's it's the humanity and all that, and and it's about you and I. And I just go, this is where I think, there's been such a major gap between humanity. You and I are humanity. It's what we're doing is bringing something that is seems so far away to being what does that mean for us and how do we own that and what does that need to look like right. for and us we, to turn up the best that we need to, right? And we've never been, we've never had the opportunity and it's just the beginning of time since yeah. history to ever have the permission to do that. Right. It's so true. So the systems that we were like, like indoctrinated in, you know, this is what you need to do to be successful. This is what you need to do to have a job. This is what you need to do to, 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 to have safety, you know, yeah. to yeah. survive, like, you know, and so we've never like, this is, 
this is our first once, like our first opportunity really ever, the awakening, right? To even yeah. to give ourselves a permission to do the work. And, and we actually have the tools to do it. We do. We absolutely do. And that's, that's my whole work around disrupting patterns, rewiring the brain and going, how do we now create new patterns to give us different behaviors that bring different results to the table. Now, if I think of the the bringing the different results to the table and what you've just said and in in some of the beautiful comments that you've made throughout this conversation is that whole vision. And I think, you know, you said some of us have forgotten how to dream. And, And it's interesting because, yes, you're right, as a human race, what happens is we tend to go back to the negative and focus in on that. What if we were to actually look at the other side of that, rewire to going looking at the positive? Here's the thing that I think humanity as stakeholders brings is that I bring that it brings hope to the future. When you think of the future, do you know what? That's become, even for leaders, a really difficult thing to look at because they go, but it's so uncertain. There's so many challenges coming. And I'm like, yeah, but if we don't dream, if we don't have a future, where are we going? What is that going to look like? How do you get to that point? I love playing in the future. I'm a big dreamer. But the good thing about me is I can play really big and then come back to everyday thinking. So I really bring that gap from big, big thinking to right back, practical, what do we need to do next? That's the strategist in me. And what do you, how do you keep dreaming? What does the future look like in your thinking going forward? And then how do you bring that back to, hey, I'm going to help take people on a journey so that they can experience this as their future? Well, I think the first thing to realize is that the future is created by humanity. You are humanity. There's 7.8 or almost 8 billion people on the planet. And you are uniquely you. There's no other you in the world, just as unique as you know, your 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 thumbprint is is how unique you are. Mm-hmm. And I think it's first is recognizing that that you create the future, you create your future. Oh, I and love I that. love Erwin mm-hmm. McManus is one of my favorite authors and pastors. He says those like the future will be created by those who have the courage to create it and or the future yeah it's it's like I'm like totally messing it up right now but um yeah like the future will be created by those who have the courage to create it oh I want courage Mm. yeah and it's and it's just so I think courage is a lot of a lot of it but but what I often do is I put my self in what I call the outside in perspective and thinking. And in my curriculum, I have this, these images called the life mountain and where you're drawing a mountain and where you are in your life. And I look at my life, the way that I stretch and expand my vision for myself is I mm-hmm. see my life from God's perspective, mm-hmm. or you can see it from the universe's perspective, or maybe mm-hmm. it's an ancestor in heaven or like, you know, or it's spirit yeah. or nature, whatever works for you, you know, or whoever in your life, like maybe it was a grandparent, you know, that like wanted the absolute best for you and saw the magic in you. And you almost have to see your life from that perspective. Mm. Right. And, and like get out of your, uh, your inside out thinking, which is your inside out thinking is 
what am I doing this week? What am I doing, you know, this month or what is 2022 about? It's so micro versus, you know, versus, wait a second, let me, let me just actually step out and look at my life from the outside in and really even write down my story, you know, even like, what are the milestones? Like what, what has directed and redirected your story up until now? And, and believe that all of that has happened for you to create the future. Mm -hmm. And so, and the future that only, not only like where you're rising to your highest vision for yourself and potential, but also lifting others. And so, you know, everything has happened for you so that you can create the future, your future. And that outside in perspective is always what, and it's honestly more listening sometimes than it is, mm. than it is like thinking. Yeah. Um, and, and it is very, for me, it's a very spiritual process. And, but I also just, you know, I, I just believe, I mean, when you look at the magic of the world and nature, you know, like there's something much bigger than us that is at work, you know, yes, in this world. Very much so. And so when you're only plugging into yourself and your ego, you know, like I, it's limited what you're going to receive, but if you're plugging into the limitlessness of our, of our nature, of our universe, of our humanity, it's just limitless. And you know, the bigger dream. And I also believe that visions are always casted on us. Like God's always casting vision on you. It's just that when you have that idea and you have that thought and you have that excitement or, you know, it's to not like, that's the gold. That's what you, you have to hold on to and write down and believe that, wait, these messages are, are really like that message wouldn't be coming to you if there was something, if there was a purpose behind it. And so most people just abandon their visions. Most people, depending on how you grew up, depending on your self-esteem, you know, and I think that that's another thing to really check is what is your relationship with yourself? Mm, Like, what does your voice say to yourself? Like, you have high respect for yourself. Like, do you, because if you're not even respecting yourself at the highest level, how do we expect other people to, right? And so, and for most of us, we, you know, most people you know, have, you know, have core limiting thoughts. We have insecurities. We do self-sabotage. We do have imposter at imposter, right? And that's all, that's all rooted from something. So anyway, it's all really connected um, to, to this work. Yeah. Have you ever self-sabotaged? Because I know I have not always been this confident, courageous, a strong woman that I am today. (laughs) I still do. And I've actually been doing a lot of trauma healing work. And um, honestly, for me, it's on, it's on, it's, it's just continuing to peel the layers and the layers. And I think honestly, that the more success and the more responsibility that anyone carries the more stuff is going to show up yeah. and it's just all like, we're just in this constant work of work in yeah. progress. I love that. There's a, there's an image right here in the mm. book that it's like, we optimize our, our social, like our social change and our impact by, by doing the leadership development work. Yeah. Um, but we, we optimize leadership, leadership development by doing personal growth work, mm. but we really optimize personal growth work through the spiritual Spiritual. Work. But you, but you see how it all connects like the inner to the Absolutely. outer and, and really, so all of the work now mm. that is ahead of us in, in this reset of humanity yeah. is the inner work. And it's, it's less about oh. achieving the external outcomes. All of that is about, 
is about understanding and getting more connected with your inner world and mastering your inner world and healing what needs to be healed and getting clarity and getting into alignment of what matters the most and who you want to become. And it's really the inner work. And I think that that alone is, is a massive shift, right? Cause we've just been in this world and this, this culture where it's all about it, like more, you know, more social media likes and more money and more, more affirmation and accolades. And we, you know, we're chasing these external things. And many people are finding that their life and their quality of experience and, and, and sense of peace, sense of safety, sense of happiness and joy and well-being mm-hmm. is not in alignment with this external definition of who they are. Yeah. And so that is that is really the work now is is the inner, how do we master and and really define and discover and design our inner state and get whole. And for you, what does that look like going forward? You know, I think I think it's uh, you know, for me, I've lived through all of the all of the content that I've shared. I've personally lived through mm. all of it and I'm still on my journey through it. Yeah. I think that this is the work that I know that this is the work that God's called me to do mm-hmm. uh, and really, really redefine leadership as this, with this whole life leadership framework and, and really teaching this work and what we've been talking about for the almost last hour to, to as many people as I can, <laughs> you know, yeah. we've, we've connected, we've, we've, we've um, inspired and, and, you know, done leadership conference training work now with tens of thousands of people for the last 10 years through all the organizations and, different groups. And, you know, it's just continuing to speak into people uh, with this, with this new framework. Mm. Everybody's amazing. I I love that. Like, and, you know, the thing I love about what you've done and what you continue to do is you use your platform to give voice to this and your purpose and who you are and what that comes out in, in your work that you do. Uh, you know, on yourself and through uh, the platform that you create. How do, how do, if someone's new to, to taking ownership of that purpose, they've gone through some of this work and all of a sudden they go, you know, I'm ready to, to use my platform to give voice. How do you think or what is good advice to someone that's maybe just new to this? new to standing and who they are and what they're bringing to the world. Because I think for some of us, we've been on this journey for a long time. We've held that, you know, as as our focus, as our thing. You know, I always talk about sustainability, doing the long term. I, I don't do the quick fixes. I There's plenty of people who can do all of that. But I'll help you stick to the bigger, the long term and, and play full out. And I think it's easy to say that when you're excited, when you're already established. I think we have to come back to sometimes going, what about if you're just new at this and you do want to change? You don't want it to stick to the old conditioning and the biases and the, the way we've done it before. What advice would you give to someone like that? So is the question more for like an individual or are you talking about an entrepreneur or either or whatever that brings up for you? I think, I I think, I think what, I think what you're saying is that there are people out there where they don't really know necessarily 
their purpose and they really haven't, you know, like well, they, they've, they've, they've just found their purpose in some ways. I've just learned, I, I've been curious and now I've done some work and I just want to get out there and play a bigger game. What would you say to that person? And maybe that's you know, in the entrepreneurial I mean, world, maybe that- it's in their own personal world, right? Yeah, I mean, I basically have 13 pillars of foundational leadership in the How We Rise book. And of course you do. The first, the first <laughs> pillar is love that is vision. Mm. You know, it's like you can't hit the bullseye if you can't see yeah. it. So starting to really vision um, you know, what it is that you want to create and what again, who it is that you want to become. And then I talk about faith, like you need to then believe it that it's possible. Yeah. And what are you gonna root faith in? And I go into then, okay, now that we have a vision and then there is, you know, what are the barriers, right? Like what's mm-hmm. in the way There's internal barriers and there's external barriers. And so that's really is rooted in resilience and to look at obstacles as opportunities to look at, um, you know, to see that everything is for you. And actually it's the stuff that doesn't work out. And that's really hard. That is what's going to actually build and grow you through this process. And so there's a whole, there's a step-by-step in the book, um, but there's also then a section on what's your pathway and is it entrepreneurial? Is it intrapreneurial or is it hybrid? Right. And so there's a whole section on Great that. Question. So I think that, you know, I'm a big structure person, but I always start with vision because that's the target and, yeah. and really how do you, you know, again, elevate your yeah. vision. Right. And, and not play like, okay, just dream for a second, you know, and, um, and then, but it's like, but starting even in my training and my coaching work, that's where I Mm. start. Um, and then, and then I move into, okay, what are the barriers that are in place? And so there, there are ways that we can tackle this with a a framework and that's, you know, so I would say like, get my book. This is how we rise. It's easy. It's like 20 bucks or $15 or whatever on Amazon. And um, there's an audiobook too, but you know, I would say if you want to go deeper with us, go to shesummit.com and and check out the whole life leadership framework program. And then I also send out a free newsletter. If you go to claudiachan.com, you know, they can they can connect with me there. Follow me on, <laughs> you know, I try to make every family or every personal post inspirational on my Instagram. So I thought that, just- that was funny because I was about to ask you that question. So you just there you uh, go. I answered it all, answered it all in. One thing I do, and as we start wrapping up this conversation, uh, one thing I do on the only question I ask the same on every conversation that I have on this podcast is this one. You know, uh, what are you going to take from our conversation today? Um, You know, this has been a really beautiful connection. And I just feel, you know, you have such a, I just feel your human spirit. And I'm, I, I'm, I thank you for that today because I needed that today. It's been Mondays just can be rough sometimes. Yeah, I, <laughs> um, yeah. And, and there's a lot, we, we've got our, uh, our 10th annual summit day coming up this Friday and there's a lot moving and a lot wow. happening. And, and sometimes you can just get into planning mode and productivity mode and rational yeah. mode and you sort of disconnect with the spirit. So, you know, this has just been, you've sort of, you've sort of taken me out of my spreadsheets and, <laughs> and my Slack channels and just like plug me into a, a very human conversation and which always reminds me of, you know, getting me back into the work. So I thank you for that. That's what I'm oh, taking. You're at. so welcome. And thank you. I love that. I'm taking from our conversation. I love that 
and I and I can't remember that I'm I'm dyslexic. I I forget things. I'm a very visual person, so I tend to write things down. But when I'm having a conversation like this, I don't want to write things down because I'm just looking at you and listening and trying to take as much from our conversation. But that that um, phrase that you were saying around courage, what was that again? Okay. I got it now. Yeah. The future, the future belongs to those with the courage to create it. Mm. The future belongs. And I think the future belongs in itself is such a beautiful, powerful thing. And, and I think sometimes we disconnect whether from the present, let alone the future, and that was a powerful moment in that the future belongs and then the courage to how we design that. What does that look like? And, you know, I think that brings it back to that full circle of culture innovation when we create these spaces that we're willing to have conversations like you and I have today and just learn from each other of the insights that you bring to the table of what what you've learned through what you're seeing, what you're doing, who you are, who you've become over this time. That to me is owning the present but belonging to the future because we cannot be these amazing leaders, you know, that lead from a place of of strength and courage and tenacity and resilience and every other word that you want to say there. We cannot lead from a space like that if we don't own who we are today and what that needs to look like. And we definitely can't move forward and into the future if we're not going to, you know, belong to the future. And I think one of the beautiful things that you and I both share is this faith, something that is not mentioned many, many times in in what we do. I think there's a lot of giving uh, strength to the universe, to everything else, and I get that. But Um, I know for me, I'm a God-fearing child who I wouldn't even be here today if I didn't have a faith. And if I didn't have something, you talked about the beauty around us and uh, you can see behind me because you can see the visual, but for those that are on the podcast cannot. But I love the fact that there is something that is bigger than me and has the future not just now, in his hands, and that gives me a sense of hope and a sense of strength that I can do what I'm meant to do because it's not just all about me. And I thank you so much for our conversation around, you know, just so many many things that I think are so important that make us up as the individual that make us up as part of the collective and then across the globe. Uh, is there anything that we haven't talked about today that you feel that we should have brought up? I wish I'd had that moment to I say think, that. I think, I, think, I think the last thing that I'll just close with is mm. that is that the the work that is that we all are called to do now, I believe, is really stepping into your whole self, stepping into your wholeness, and that 
that true authenticity of who you are. And that's going to require a lot of change because your operating system is used to doing and conforming and, you know, feeling like you have to do something. And so, you know, so all that personal innovation work that, that needs, that needs to get done. And that if you embark on that journey, it's going to be extremely, it's going to be extremely uncomfortable. And and I guess if you're on that journey and you're listening to this and you're already experiencing that discomfort or the unknownness and the uncertainty, it's just keep trusting and plugging back into, again, nature, the universe, what you just said, because yeah. that is what powers us. Like the universe is within us and it does take faith. So yeah. I'm going to close with that. I love Thank that. You so Thank much. you. Amazing droplets of wisdom for you from today's episode. Make sure you subscribe. Leave awesome ratings and reviews. Our hope is that this product creates a new awareness, activates ownership to what is next, and a curiosity for the need to be a part of the change, to make footsteps of sustainability from today onwards. If you want to further your journey with us, join us at our next Global Human Intelligence Forum or apply to our next Leaders Movement Parlay. Both links are in the show notes. We appreciate you. Help us to build a tribe and make humanity as stakeholders. To achieve this together, recommend this podcast to leaders, innovators, pioneers, future thinkers, and movement changers. Big love. See you on the next Global Human Intelligence Podcast.